Cassandra, I love you. You may not believe it, but I love you. Am I supposed to just turn my back and leave? Am I supposed to be a man? Am I supposed to say, it's okay, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind. Well, I mind. I mind big time. <laughs> and you know what the worst part of all is? I never learned to read. <laughs> that true? Yes. Everything except the reading part. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. And this week we are delving into 1992 and revisiting the fan favourite Wayne's World. February 14th, 1992. I guess it was a date movie? That's Valentine's Day. Perhaps. Well, if they did... It was quite a popular date movie, mm-hmm. an unexpected hit with a budget of $20 million that grossed $183.1 million. Wow. Wow. Interestingly, we haven't seen this yet, Rotten Tomatoes score yes. and audience score equal. Ah, critics 84%. and fans see yeah. eye to eye. At last, can't we all just get along? Wow. 84% and 84%. Really bringing people together. Yeah. Wayne's World bring in fans and critics together. Mm-hmm. Once more, what did it, with what scores? Eighty-four percent. That's solid. It's up there, right? It's yeah. it's it's a good movie. It is. It's the most successful SNL movie, that's for sure. Yeah, it was only the second one. The first was. Do you know what the first was? Uh, you. I'll say it, and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, of course." Ghostbusters, Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. Uh... No, they were Lampoons. Oh, not Ghostbusters, but it was Blues Brothers. Yeah. And that was like when was that? That was like early eighties or something. Early so 80s. there was a big gap. They didn't pump them out then like they do now but, or yeah. did in the 90s. 90s was probably after they're this movie. Bit, maybe they're a bit more choiceful yeah. back then. Now they just make it longer. It's probably because of this movie. So like, yeah, can you make that sketch 90 minutes? Yeah. So Greg, not to put pressure on you, but mm. just to put some pressure on you. Mm-hmm. We haven't done 1992 yet. We have not. <laughs> so <laughs> you want to, <laughs> how you feeling? You want to ah, take a stab at maybe some lucky. top 10 Pictures yeah. of 1992? I'm just going to get right into it. Yeah. And say Wayne's World? That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, number eight. Okay. What about The Crying Game? That was that year, but not in top ten. What? Yeah. <laughs> Scandalous. <laughs> yeah, I got a few. Uh, Aladdin? Yeah, Aladdin. Aladdin. <laughs> number was, one. Yeah. Some folks call it Aladdin. Aladdin. <laughs> it's like an Adidas, Adidas thing, I think. He's Middle Eastern. He's not going around Aladdin. Yeah. Isn't that a Sasha Baron Cohen character too? Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> probably, probably. The dictator. Yeah. Is his name yeah, Aladdin? Yeah, yeah, Aladdin or something. Yeah. Oh, damn it. I thought that was original material. <laughs> Nothing is original. Yeah. That's what they say. Okay. Back to it. Batman Returns. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's right. Came to play. <laughs> Speaking of playing, a league of their own. Oh, number ten. Basic instinct. Yeah. Wait. Are you just on box office mojo right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Name. Yeah. No. I'm on my notes. Um. Yep. Under siege. It was that year, but not. Yeah. Malcolm X. Uh, I don't know. Well, it's not in the top ten. But I'm reading you up my top ten. Oh, okay. <laughs> Expo 88. Did I say Basic Instinct yet? <laughs> basic Instinct was in there, yeah, number nine. Yeah. <clears throat> That'll do. You did pretty damn well. You missed, yeah. you missed Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. <laughs> you, that was a great audio joke Greg just did <laughs> with his hands on his cheeks. Uh, lethal Weapon 3. It seems to be a Lethal Weapon in every top ten we ever do. Oh, wow. yeah. That, no wonder Mel's <laughs> cashed. Um, a Few Good Men. Oh. Sister Act. That's a good one. Number one. Yeah. If we do Sister Act, I think we should do Sister Act too, because that's the one with Lauren Hill, right? It is. Yeah, we should do that. Uh, the Bodyguard. Ah. And then, yeah, you got everything else. And Wayne's World was number eight. Other notables under Siege, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Dracula. Coppola's Dracula. White Men Can't Jump. Last of the Mohicans. Boomerang. Oh, oh Honey, Boomerang. Honey, I blew up the kid. Uh, no. Nah. 
Nah, not interested. De- Death Becomes Her. I'm interested in revisiting Death Becomes Her. Beethoven. And, oh. a, and a, this feels like a great picture. Passenger 57. Oh, <laughs> always bet on black. I, I know I say this every week, but what a year. <laughs> Man, life was 1992 good. might have been the best year. It's up there with 89. It's up there. <laughs> what other... I was trying to think, and I didn't get a chance to look it up. Are there any other good SNL movies? I sort of have a soft spot for Night at the Roxbury, but it's not good. Yeah. It's not like uh, this. I, was Sandy of Sandler's characters? Was Billy Madison one? I don't think so. What? Yeah, because actually all his were post, because Billy Madison... Was the year he left SNL, so every, and every other movie was after that, so none of them were SNL. Tommy, Tommy Boy. I we, can't even think of any now. We might need to ask our intern. Yeah, Coneheads. That was the one. Ooh. I think that's what's interesting too. At this period, I didn't know what SNL was. I'm sure you didn't. Either. Like in Australia, we just didn't even get it, right? And there was no internet. No. And no. some of these movies, I didn't get that they were based on sketches. Yeah. I just thought Coneheads was a weird movie. Yeah. I just thought Wayne's World was a bit odd. Do you know one of my personal favourites? I'm looking at a list now. Thank you, Kevin. It's Pat. The ladies' man. Interesting. Yeah. That kind of went by not being a big deal, but as you said that, I can see why that would be a great jam. It was jam. a big deal in my world. When was that? Uh, it was actually 2000. Yeah. So, is supposed to be good. I never saw that. Superstar is a bit okay, I think. Don't know it. Gruber, don't know it. Um, it's yeah. Pat is terrible. So there's not many... We don't know. There's not. They haven't done a heap. I thought this would have been. A, I thought there would be a lot more. Yeah, but it, I guess it is. But looking at them, none of them, none of them are close to the status of this movie. I think Wayne's that's. World. I think well, Blues Brothers. And thinking about like when I first watched it, going back, like I didn't know what SNL was. I didn't know who Mike Myers was. I didn't get that it was weird that this was like a thirty-something guy dressed like this. I just thought, <laughs> you know, I just thought it was like, oh yeah. That's probably how they look in real life. I didn't yeah. really get that they were like characters. They were taking the piss. I just thought it was a weird movie. And so I think a lot of those other SNL ones, you kind of need to already be in love with the sketch for it to mm. work, whereas this like really transcends. Yeah. So rare. Do you remember when you first watched it? Yeah. Fun- yeah. I actually didn't get it. Really? Yeah. That's, I'll probably get into that at some point. Mm. Well, there's not really much to get into really. You just, just didn't get it. You're yeah, just like, I, think, oh, I, really- I think I didn't get the references. I didn't get the whole rock genre yeah. I don't think I got that. I think I, I got I it on a different it. level. Yeah, it's I got been it. like when you rewatch The Simpsons, you're like, oh. Do you know what I got? I got like swing. I got yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I enjoyed it on that level too. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. Like I really liked oh, it. Of course, it was great. I think I may have even seen it in the cinema, but I'm not sure. That might I'm have been Wayne's sure. World too. Yeah. Well, it was it was 1992. You know, we're looking what four years after Expo '88 now. Mm. Life. That's how we. It's like yeah. BC. It's yeah. our, it's our thing. Yeah. <laughs> Life's starting to resume. You know, getting back into a rhythm. The come down is sort of wearing off. The International Olympic Committee kindly put on Barcelona '92 to, to really sort of, give you a yeah. bit of a boost. Yeah, it had, you know there was some diving. It was good. <laughs> I did a school assignment on cuttlefish. Uh, I was in year five. My teacher. That's interesting. My teacher, Miss Rostovsky, she deemed it to be a piece of shit. <laughs> My mum had to go to school and... You know, they sent me to a special school in a similar <laughs> scenario. What? So in the second grade, first grade, my teacher tapped me on the shoulder and I think she said, we think you might be more comfortable in the rainbow class. Oh. And I got taken to the rainbow class. I didn't know what was happening. I was just happy because I just drew pictures of pirate ships all day. And yeah. then even further, I got sent to an external school to learn how to read. I could read. Only looking back do I realize what this was. At the time, I was like, cool. A, a special little bus picked me up from home, took me to this reading center <laughs> every morning, and I went to normal school at like 11 in the morning. Wow. And didn't do anything there. All these kids were getting certificates for reading books. I didn't read one single book. And my mom always thought it was really weird that they thought I was, there was something wrong with me. Yeah. They honestly thought there was something wrong with me. I think I just had a distant look in my eye. <laughs> yeah. I just sat there like, I know that look. Thinking about I'm familiar <laughs> with that look. You know what? These days, they'd probably be ADD or something. No doubt. Yeah. Interesting. And that's just a little story about me. Well, that's good. Was that 92 or just... Well, it probably was. Do you know what else happened in 92? I got my first look at a woman's vagina <laughs> when my brother brought home a copy of Basic Instinct. Oh, and you're like, yeah. I was 10 years old. I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Change the channel. So yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty significant. That's confronting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think like 
initial context thoughts of the movie, I thought it was a bit weird. I did like it on that level, but like Garth creeped me out. I didn't yeah. understand he was intentional. I didn't get his being an awkward guy. I've come full circle on that now. I mean, we'll get into it. Oh, man. At first, 100%. I was like, he's weird. And then I think I liked him. And now I'm like, I don't like him again. Oh, full circle. Is yeah, full back circle. To where he started. Well, I think it might be a Dana Carvey prejudice, but we'll come back to that. I fucking love him. But anyway, we'll get, we will get to that. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't get many of those jokes. I didn't like Bohemian Rhapsody. I thought that song was weird and head banging. I, I liked We Will Rock You. You know, I was a Mighty Ducks guy. I was, I'm surprised that wasn't box office number one. I didn't know that we are the champions. They sing We Will Rock You as well. Oh. They sing both. Maybe it's Ducks 2 they sing both. I don't know about number one, actually. I, you know, I was looking into that because you know how in Australia, Mighty Ducks 1 is called the champion. Here? Yeah. What? I remember when it was on TV, I'd always get confused. There was this movie called The Champions and then there was Mighty Ducks 2. That's bizarre. I thought it might be like a First Blood Rambo 2 scenario. But it's, it was just in Australia. I think maybe because they didn't think we'd know the name Mighty Duck. We're going to do an episode on that for sure. Oh, sure. So, yeah, did you, did you watch it at the cinema? No. I don't yeah. think so. 92, probably not. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember this specifically. Wasn't aware of SNL. I really liked it. But like I said, I didn't really get the oddness of it. I just thought, oh, this is weird and cool. Yeah, I think I liked Wayne's World too a lot as well. Yeah. Well, more, I should say. Which probably gave us this, the ushered in the oddball era of um, Walken. Ooh. Right? All right, let's uh, play the trailer. I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the fandango? Thunderbolt and lightning. Just outside of Chicago. Galileo. 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 In the basement of this house. Broadcast history is about to be made. Extreme close-up! I want you to find out who these guys are and where they do their show. What is this? Mr. Vanderhoff, this is your audience. It's two chimps on a Davenport in a basement. Here I am with the contract for $5,000. Excuse me? Now they're on their way. No way! Way! To fade. Will you still love me when I'm in my carbohydrate sequin jumpsuit? Young girls in white cotton panties, bloated, purple, dead on a toilet face. To fortune. Contractor knows. I will not bow to any sponsor. <laughs> and to babe heaven. What do you do if every time you see this one incredible woman, you, you think you're going to hurl? I say hurl. If you blow chunks and she comes back, she's yours. If you spew and she bolts, it was never meant to be. Okay. It's Wade. This is definitely the type of place I'm going to get when I move out of my parents' house. It's Garth. I love you, God. If she were a president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. It's a movie. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. Wayne's World. Hi, Wayne. It just might be the greatest motion picture ever made. Are you mental? The has a devil put aside for me. What a good picture. Great. So right. great. So good. What What were your initial thoughts on the rewatch? I just gave them to you. Oh, is that it? Great. So great. <laughs> That's pretty much what I had. I was worried there wouldn't be much to talk about because other than us just loving the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still worried about that. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like, there's no tension here. Like, it's just great. And then, and what about when they say this? Like the lines, I think like <clears throat> we could spend the whole podcast yeah. just... I, I'm going to put it out there. Lines. I think out of it... All the movies we've done so far, this holds up the best. Other ones have held up in like a ironic way or like you're watching it as a time capsule mm. kind of thing. This just holds up. It could mm. be released today, pretty mm. much. But yeah, by notes on this, the first one was like, this is good. <laughs> Lara Flynn Boyle, awesome. <laughs> and just the overall charm. It's just happiness. and So much charm. Yeah. It taps into, you know, the little niceties of just hanging out with your mates driving down the street. hundred percent. Mates in the cars. Playing pranks. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, this was the second SNL film ever after Blues Brothers, which was in 1980. Obviously started as an SNL sketch, but actually the character of Wayne Campbell started pre-SNL. Oh, go on. Mm. So Mike Myers was uh, is a Canadian, eh? 
and he was another second cityer, like um, our pal Rick Moranis. Mm-hmm. And he had his character going on another Canadian show called It's Only Rock and Roll. And this is, this is actually Wayne Campbell's first, one of his first appearances pre-SNL. I recall a few weeks ago we ran a contest here in the show to win your own segment on It's Only Rock and Roll. I, I personally don't, but you may recall. Anyway, the winner of that contest is Wayne Campbell. And here he is now with Wayne's Power Minute. Hi, I'm Wayne Campbell, and I won a contest for a minute's worth of television on It's Only Rock and Roll. So here's my show, Wayne's Power Minute. All right. This show will look at things like heavy metal and concerts and stuff. Let's start with bad English and heavy metal, okay? Let's go to Led Zeppelin. Zep, right? There's an A in Led Zeppelin, right? Unless they were thinking like Led Zeppelin as in coerced Zeppelin. I don't know. I'm not Led Zeppelin. Let's have a look at Rat. Rat with two T's. Nice try. Good cover though, eh? Bonus. Let's have a look at Motley Crue. Hey, boys. That's not how you spell crew, all right? And look, there's an umlaut over the U. That's German. That's not even English. Okay, you're saying to yourself, how is it that these people don't know the three R's, right? Reading, writing, and arithmetic. Well, let's have a look at the three R's, shall we? Okay, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Reading, writing, arithmetic, only one of them's an R, all right? So why didn't they call it the war, or the ra, or the R? I don't know. Yet these guys sit and hassle people about bad English. Now you're saying to yourself, who's to blame? Well, frankly, I blame society. This is Wayne's Power Minute. All right. <laughs> All right. That's when he first showed up. Really he, dialed um, up the Canadianness there. Yeah, I was thinking, is that like, a, is he dialing it up or is that just pre Americanization? Is that him? Yeah. Yeah. What did you come up with? Uh, Undecided? Yeah, undecided. All right, so he joined SNL in 89 and brought that character along and decided, oh, a great platform for this character would be to host a community TV show, cable access TV show. He got Dana Carvey on board. Uh, I'm going to get more into that a bit later, but apparently him and Dana Carvey weren't particularly tight. I think it was just one of those, mm. hey, you're not doing anything. Do you want to join my Yeah, sketch? I need an you outsider can... for this. Wayne yeah, skip. exactly. And his brief to Dana was, Garth loves Wayne. That was basically the brief. So... On such a vague brief, fucking great character. So good. Yeah. Yeah, apparently Dana based that Garth character on his brother, who's <laughs> a genius, apparently. Yeah. And uh he says his brother could fix a hairdryer with a butter knife. So I think all that techie stuff he's doing is like very much his brother. He's being his brother. Excellent. Yeah, so then it came time to turn this thing into a into a picture, a motion picture. And so Lorne Michaels, who is the SNL guy, basically, he's uh kind of a legend in the I think he's he's been there the whole time except for a SNL. couple of years when it went shit and then he came back. But yeah, so he was producer of the film. He got a director in Penelope Spheris. She was she done a lot of rock and roll and punk documentaries. So I think there was that element of she knows rock and roll, so she'll bring a nice kind of style to it, maybe. She mates with the Madison chick. Madison chick. Oh. Well, I was thinking that. It's kind of interesting there because that when we did Billy Madison, we were kind of blown away by the director. Never heard of her, and she seems so cool and like fascinating. This is really similar. Mm. So yeah, Penelope. I don't think they know each other. They actually, they probably do know each other. Um, they would know of each other. Yeah, because well, she's rock and roll, and and um, she's a bit more hip hop. She's a bit more hip hop plus Hanson, but you know, yeah, she hip hop and mbop. <laughs> She also was uh, loosely connected to SNL. She produced some shorts with uh, Albert Brooks. He did ah. like short videos or something on SNL. I don't think it was a normal cast member, but he did some stuff with that. Albert Brooks so anyway, she knew Lorne Michaels. He brought her in. And I think because she'd done that kind of work, they needed to move fast because they were still on SNL at the time. So they had a very short window to shoot this thing. How long? Uh, I'm not sure what the total time was, but basically the, the last thing they shot was them lying on the car under the plane thing mm -hmm. and they went straight from there to the airport to go back to SNL, basically. Oh, they were conveniently located. <laughs> yeah, well, that was actually shot at a soundstage, so not so much. What they should have say? done it at the airport. That would have yeah, saved, it would have saved a lot of time. time. It would make a lot more sense. See, movies I got, I got ideas, things. man. Movies are funny things. Okay, so she's in, right? She's actually, like I said, pretty cool. So she was, she was also a writer on Roseanne, which is pretty punk in itself, I reckon. She After this movie, she went on to do uh, a few bits and pieces, Beverly Hillbillies, Little Rascals, 
black sheep with uh, our pal. David Spade. <laughs> yeah. The real, he was the talented one, right? Still is. <laughs> well. Did you not watch Just Shoot Me? Finch. Amazing. I actually really liked Just Shoot Me. Yes. I watched it every week. <laughs> I, I remember, yeah, most of it. She also did Senseless with Marlon Wayans, but she did not have a great time on this movie. There was a bit of, uh, as a director, I guess, coming into a movie where there's these pre-existing characters, so like the, how much can you direct these people who basically own these characters yeah. and, and then Lorne Michaels on top of that. And so her whole angle on it was, all right, everyone do whatever, like not do whatever the fuck you want, but yes, we'll do your version, Lauren. Yes, yes, Mike Myers, do your thing, blah, blah, blah. And she was just like, let's just get it all and I'll fix it in editing. And that caused quite a bit of tension. Mm. Um, When they did a test screening and it went really well, ultimately, Mike Myers was sitting there cringing because he didn't like the cuts she used for the different jokes and he thought they weren't landing. And ultimately, she wasn't invited back for Wayne's World 2, which is... Pretty interesting because this did better than Wayne's World too. Well, significantly. Yeah, and they're all cool now though. So, but yeah, they're all cool now. Result, wasn't she? Yeah, but it's not an easy task turning a five-minute sketch into ninety-minute movie. Um, There are lots of rewrites, and Mike and uh, Mike Myers and Dana Carvey were really specific. So, like the thing with the red licorice dispenser in the car. It's like, no, there's no time. And he's like, but we have to do it. So there's a lot of that kind of precious genius kind of vibe on set. Seems like. So Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, obviously already involved. They are the characters. But then they bring in Mr. Rob Lowe. Yeah. Rob Lowe, which at the time was a weird choice for a few reasons. Mm-hmm. He was a dramatic actor at that point, a Brat Pack fella, mm-hmm. almost Fire and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, controversial film release, a sex tape. Yeah, that's right. My theory, so he also did a film called Sex Tape mm-hmm. with Cameron Diaz and what's his name? Lanky McLanklank from, uh, what's his name? I don't know who you're talking about. He's part, he's part of the Franco crew and Jason and that film's Seagal? Called Jason Seagal, yeah. He was in that movie and my theory Jason is he's Seagal? in that movie just so when people now Google Rob Lowe's sex tape, that movie comes up instead of his actual sex tape. A little SEO. Oh, I know that film. Yeah, yeah. So they did a little cheeky search engine optimization there. Clever. So you can't find his actual sex tape. You just find a... A hilarious uh, little, not a great movie. This was that was '88, the sex tape, and then '89, he famously embarrassed himself on the Oscars singing with Snow White. Snow White? You mean Snow? In Boma? No, Snow White. Oh, Mr. Lowe, I'm such a fan. Really? Well, I'm a big fan of yours, Snow, but you know, there's so much I'd like to know about you. Used to work a lot for Walt Disney, starring in cartoons every night and day. But you said goodbye to grumpy and sleepy, left the dwarves behind, came to town to stay. Late lights keep on burning, cameras keep on turning. So it's funny, isn't it? Like you look at Rob Lowe, he apparently came quite cheap, which is the why he was in this movie. Yeah. Because he had done the sex tape. His career was in tatters. It was a cheap pickup. This was basically his first comedy, right? This was his first comedy. And obviously he's kicked on to Parks and Recreations. He's a feature in a... He's basically known for comedy now. Like kids these days wouldn't know him as anything else. He's in two Austin Powers movies as two different characters. He's great in them. Yeah, he's great. And he's one of those ones like Robert Downey Jr. where they had all these issues with drugs and things when they were young. They've been sober now so long. It's like they're not aging. They look so young and youthful and healthy, both of them. Like Rob Lowe's in his 50s, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I look older than him. Well, I mean, he's Rob Lowe. Although in this movie, I thought he looked like a boy. He looked like he's got that plasticine face. Yeah. All these movies we keep watching. I remember hating him. What about, yeah, I still did. Yeah. Plasticine face. Like going back to Showdown Little Tokyo, looking at Dolph. Yeah. That was the look. That must have been that 
periods look like and it's kind of shiny shiny like supple zero (laughs) facial hair yeah that's probably what it is actually we've still in this facial hair era that's not going out good yeah let's keep it yeah it's fascinating how back in rob lowe's era you have a sex tape come out and it pretty much buries you these days (laughs) it's like a launching pad now that's that's a good point he might he might re-release it for a career spike <laughs> Don't do it, Rob. But yeah, this ba- this basically ushered in the second phase of his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he did um, not all comedies. He obviously did the West Wing and that kind of thing. But he pretty much refers to this as where he learned comedy. Uh, someone on set apparently gave him the advice to do a bit of a Lorne Michaels impression. Yeah, which is funny. I'd never heard that before. But it's funny because there's a couple other key characters who also apparently are Lorne Michaels impression. Who could they be, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> don't look at me like i'm freaking frankenstein yeah so dr evil is one controversially i'll come back to mm-hmm. that the other one jack donaghy 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 in 30 rock um, oh yeah. that's supposed to be a Lon michaels thing too so that's what i mean this guy is one of those i think in america is more well known but yeah. he's kind of this guy that's really everyone does a Lon michaels they say the dr evil one's controversial there is a bit of there was a lot of tension between our two stars here yeah. Dana Carvey and until recently until very recently and I I looked for what it was and there wasn't anything specific other than just speculation that it was the Dr. Evil impression so Dana Carvey right yeah sorry go yeah on. Dana Carvey has a impression of Lon Michaels which is basically Dr. Evil including the pinky yeah which obviously Mike Myers used yeah but then in his biggest movie franchise. none of this is like source like I, he never said it so it's it's yeah. kind of weird. Is it, is it a bit of uh, is it just, poppy syndrome? Yeah, Maybe. that sounded a little Lorne Michaelsy there. Troll puppy. <laughs> is that your Lorne Michaels? I don't know. Or your Doctor Evil? I don't know. How he talks. Doctor Michaels. Doctor Michaels. But Dana's point of view on it was: um, we were never meant to be a comedy team. Mike just invited me into the sketch. I'm grateful that he did. He talks about it in this uh, interview with Howard Stern. There was a thing, and I don't know if it's true, uh-huh. that you and Mike Myers were not that close, actually. The rumor was when he went off to do Austin Powers, mm-hmm. you were a little pissed off because it was your impression of Lorne Michaels that... I see the pinky coming the out. The pinky coming out, right? <laughs> that was sort of your take on Lorne. Well, yeah, I did I did do it spastically. When I first got on SNL, no one I knew was doing him. Right. And I first saw him at the, on Wednesday night picking the show. Right. It would get kind of tense, and they'd put the cards on the board. Yeah. <laughs> and my first hook into Lauren, because usually it's one phrase, right. was, was Lauren saying, um, I still have no fucking first act. Now, he would bite his nails, and I just did this. He did that thing with the pinky. Yeah, yeah. like that thing. Yeah. And then, you know, when I saw Mike do it, I did kind of go, mm, man, but, you know, it's a long time ago. And I, I look, it's a really funny affectation. Yes. Because it's so specific. Did yeah. you ever say to Mike, hey, that is sort of my impression of Lauren? Um, I'm in therapy now. <laughs> <laughs> I should say, I mean, when you look back at it, you get a better perspective. So we were like siblings a little bit, and we were never meant to be a comedy team. Mike just invited me into the sketch. But, you know, I'm really grateful that he did, and right. he's brilliant at creating these constructs. And he did it with Austin Powers. Later on in your career, you realize how great it is to have someone who cares that much. So right. when I had Mike next to me, I was always comfortable because someone was really, really working his ass off. He's an interesting cat because the vibe I felt in the U.S. was he's a lot more of a household namey kind of guy, like everyone grew up with him kind of thing really? on SNL. Yeah, because on SNL he had the church lady and he's just more of a thing there. Yeah. Whereas here I think it's just Garth, it's right? Pretty much just Garth. Yeah, and he yeah. hasn't done a lot since then, but he's got a bit of a Moranis thing where he wanted to just be with his family and stuff apparently. Yeah. He does great yeah. impressions. Great, great. Have you seen his Lorne Michaels? Have you, I've heard stories. Sorry. I think Mike Myers does a slight, you, slightly better one. Have you seen his Dr. Evil impersonation? Uh, it's cheap to take someone else's impression. Yeah, though, so that's pretty yeah. low. He was next in line to take over... The throne. The throne of David Letterman. Whoa! Yeah, when David Letterman did Late Night. Yeah. So it eventually went to Conan O'Brien. Yeah. But it was supposed to be Dana Carvey, and he eventually said no because he wanted to be with his family. He didn't want to be an absentee dad. Yeah. That'd be, that. I've always thought that Respect. would be a fucking hardcore. It's every grift. damn day, grift. man. Every day. 
But that's graft. interesting now because did you ever watch um, grift graft? Did you ever watch Larry Sanders' show? Um, not properly. There's a recurring bit on there where he's worried Dana Carvey's trying to take over his show. So I wonder if it's some kind of interesting little in joke there. Maybe. Yeah. Tough gig. And then finally, in the script from the beginning was a little song called Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. To me, this song was from this movie. That's right. 100%. So Mike Myers had it in there from the beginning. Studio wanted to get Guns N' Roses. Myers insisted. And um, Freddie Mercury died before the movie came out, but oh. he saw this scene. Oh, he did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and he's into it. And the song actually went to number one again. That's seven, right. Is it 17 years later or something? Something crazy like that. I can't recall from reading earlier today. 17 years. 17 years. Because I remember watching... Well, I guess if he died around the movie too, then it's probably two of those things coming together. Because I remember seeing that on Rage and stuff and video hits, Bohemian Rhapsody, the actual video clip of Bohemian Rhapsody and thinking That's I couldn't understand if it was new or old or what because it's from that movie. And and I think there was a Wayne's World version of the video. Early. All right. Well, that's all the background I got. Should we get into the picture? Yeah. Should we talk about the plot? Let's do it. So we can probably move through the plot relatively quickly tonight. I think so. Wayne... Campbell and Garth Algar are two rock aficionados mm. and they've got a, a little cable TV program in Wayne's parents' basement in Aurora, Chicago, Aurora, Illinois. Yeah. Called Wayne's World and they just do like, they just do silly shit. Sure. So they've got this TV show. They're having a bit of fun doing it. Obviously, you know, they're not making a lot of money doing this thing. And then, meanwhile, some hotshot producer guy, old plasticine face low. Well, this is an interesting point here. What is his job? First, I thought he was an ad guy. So did I. And briefly. ad guys are always bad guys. Then he's making a show, but then he's shooting music videos. <laughs> is it just like a just multi-purpose bad guy? Yeah, I think. Like, is it marketing guy? Like, what is he? Doesn't make any he's sense. He's a producer, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, he's a man-child. Plasticine man-child. Who cares? He's made sweet bank, bro. He's got a sweet apartment and he speaks Cantonese. He's a dreamboat. His apartment, very peak 90s. <laughs> Artworks are just shapes of things. Oh, beautiful. It's a nice kind of That's a Matisse. aqua. Yeah. <laughs> great, great uh, wardrobe. He, yeah, he's, so the producer's watching TV at his girlfriend's house or, you know, one mm. of his girlfriend's houses. She's watching Wayne's World. I love yeah, this show. Yeah, she doesn't make a reappearance, does she? No, he's, mm. she's just a piece of ass because he has many sexual partners. <laughs> Hollywood. So he, uh, so what's his name? Benjamin. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. It's Benjamin. Benjamin. Yeah. Not Ben. Benjamin. Because it's all about? Ben Benjamins. Yeah. So Benjamin's like, Picks up his, you know, cordless phone. Do, 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 do. He's like, we've got to get these guys under the business that I'm involved in. Yeah. Meanwhile, we cruise around with Wayne and Garth. We have some nice times. We go to a donut place. There's great cameos left, right, and center. Yeah. Damn. Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill. Meatloaf. Is Meatloaf in that bit? Not that bit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he is in the I movie. got excited. Um, Ed O'Neill's outstanding. He He's plays, great. Just, he like, plays like gruntled. a real PTSD. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So would you kill a man? Yeah, you got, a, you got I knew that you had that in you. Keep going. What does he say? I can't remember. I don't know. The steam. They used to think that was the spirit leaving the body. <laughs> yeah. Stab a man. <laughs> a fat lady came into the shoe store today. Oh, man. You got these low-key impressions. Uh, they excite me. So he's in it. He's <clears throat> talking. Yeah, he's just rambling. He's talking, I can't remember. It's so funny. So good. But the best cam, is she, I guess she's still cameo level, is uh, Lara Flynn Boyle as the girlfriend, Stacey. She was great. <laughs> she was great. That's it. So she, the, the, the boys are at the, uh, the local diner hangout and um, having, some, having some donuts. <laughs> and she comes in and she's like, she's the ex-girlfriend. She's got a present. She's like an anniversary present for him. <laughs> this is... This is the joke where, the first joke where I'm like, this is... It's still hilarious. It doesn't, yeah, sorry. It's, it's the gun rack joke, you know, first of all. So she, she gives him a gun rack. I don't even have one gun, let alone 
enough to necessitate a rack. rack. <laughs> and, then she, and then she goes, Wayne Campbell, if you're not careful, you'll lose me. <laughs> and he's like, she's like, we broke up two months ago. She goes, that doesn't mean we can't still go out. <laughs> she's so good. She's perfect. And I think re-watching it, what I first realized was her. She was only in like that show... What was that was show? It the practice. The practice. Yeah, yeah she and she's like a, so serious. She was a serious. And I feel lead. like I have missed a huge Lara Flynn Boyle thing because I've also recently watched in the last couple of years Twin Peaks, and she's in that as well. Is she? She's got a whole thing. Like she, she's layered. Yeah, she's more interesting than I may have thought. She, good on, uh, good on her. Lara Flynn Boyle, champion. Very yeah. close. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Very close to my MVP on this picture, just for mm, those she's, great jokes. She's so good. So good. And then they go off to the club, and the club's hilarious. It's like this rock club downtown. Everyone's lining up. And obviously, Cassandra is performing at the Tia club. Tia Carrera. We didn't mention that already. So out of all the movies we've done, the first actor we've had appear twice is Tia Carrera. Man, I'm really happy about that. Respect. Yeah, so Respect. she... Is Cassandra and she's singer. She's singing Hendrix. She's the bass player. Side note, why was she going to be this big rock sensation when pretty much all the songs were covers? Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Didn't matter. She had the wow factor. What other? She had she had the X factor. (laughs) That's the word I was looking for. I knew that was a word they use in in the business. (laughs) X. So she's up there. Wayne falls in love with her pretty much straight away. Uh, and then sets about making her his girlfriend, mm. which was a treat, a real treat to yeah. see a man that looked like that get a woman that looked like that. <laughs> uh, quite charming. He's charming, but come yeah. on, this is peak tier. Yeah. Peak. It's peak Myers, oh, technically. Man. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. Maybe so yeah. I married Axe Murderer. Did you ever see that? I did. I it's only remember movie. the one scene when he gets up and does his poetry slam. Uh, yeah. Woman. Whoa, man. Whoa, man. He took my lunch. Dun, 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 dun. She stole my heart and my cat. Betty. Judy. Josie and those hot pussy cats. They make me horny. Saturday morning. I want to be Betty's bunny. Oh. Still going. Get Go me on. off of this crazy thing called love. <laughs> that was. I did that on a bus on the way back from Blues Fest one night, and the bus uproared in, in I applause. I can imagine it was a full. <laughs> Wholehearted experience. It was wholehearted. Uh, delivery. I was in. I was yeah. into it. I don't. Good. I don't remember most of that movie. But I remember that. I tried to rewatch it recently, and I only got halfway through. I think oh, I and it, there's one bit where the. Uh, I believe I ordered the large cup of coffee because yeah, yeah. it, it's very large. It's like the only movie is in where he's playing like a normal man. Yeah, I think it's, it's pretty funny. I find it a little unsettling seeing him play himself. Yeah, I see. I think that as a as a seeing him interviewed and stuff now. It just creeps bit. me out a bit. Yeah, mm. I don't, yeah, it's interesting. Take the mask off. Yeah. So the basic tensions for the film are around Benjamin, the hotshot record producer slash ad guy slash... Slash pair of pants. Slash, slash Harry high pants <laughs> slash extremely ridiculously good looking guy. Did you recognize the Murray brother in this picture? The guy from Noah's Arcade. That's Bill Murray's brother. That's Bill Murray's brother. Yeah, like Doyle Murray or something. Shit, he looks like him. Like in a, he's drunk, he's more alcohol. Yeah. He's a little yeah. bit older. I think he's older. Yeah. Yeah. He's just got that sort of more fuller. Yeah. And more of a voice like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then they get on a sponsor for the show, Noah's Arcade, Bill Murray's brother. Brian Doyle Murray. That's probably what it is. Yeah, Brian Doyle Murray. Something like that. So it's pretty. I loved how he he was like the business fat cat guy. Yeah, and he owned. He seemed quite nice. And, yeah, he was, I felt a little bit bad that Wayne was making fun of him. Yeah, because he didn't actually do anything wrong by them, other than give him ten thousand dollars and ask for like two minutes of time on yeah. his shitty show. We are skewed. We work at advertising, but still, 
They're paying for your show. They ruined the show though, but that wasn't his fault. That was that was Lowe's fault. Yeah, that was that pesky producer. Some bullshit. Benjamin. Yeah, Benjamin's just after Tia Carrera, it's quite clear. And he just wants to bury the show and steal it. They don't want that to happen. Basically, they revamped the program. There's a new thing. Ruined it. They ruined it. Party on Wayne. Party on Garth. Well, Wayne gets fired for doing that little prank. Yeah. And then uh, and then Garth has to say oh. it's like <laughs> I think I handled it pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> and this is when it all spirals out of control, right? And it's where this is I think this is aged a little bit, his distrust for Cassandra. Like yeah. just because just because a guy likes her, she's gonna cheat. Like he didn't even notice it until Garth when they were on the when they were on the Assumingly smoking weed, but without smoking weed. Good sitting point. on the bonnet of the car, talking. I didn't even think of that. Good point. Talking about nothing. Yeah, apparently that was improv because it was yeah. the last thing they shot. They were just kind of lying there, giggling and just making jokes to each other. Oh, they were brilliant. Yeah. When we were shooting the scene on the hood of the car uh, with Mike and Dana looking up at the sky, the moments there that seem really, really spontaneous when Mike starts cracking up like that, it's because Dana was just throwing curves at him. Dana had made me laugh on the hood of a car on the hood of the car when the plane lands, and uh, I couldn't stop laughing. And uh, Penelope cut my my natural actual laugh with uh, Dana saying, uh, "Do you find uh, Bugs Bunny attractive when he wears uh, dresses up as a girl bunny?" But uh, I was laughing at something completely different. But uh, Penelope brilliantly put those two takes together. Did you ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when he'd put on a dress and play a girl bunny? No. <laughs> he lost it for whatever reason, like we both did at different times, because you're so tired when you make a movie, you just get giggly, and then they put it in there, it worked perfect. <laughs> so then Benjamin basically sets up a little weekend away. Filming, his, oh yeah, because he also promises to get Cassandra a record deal. Yeah. So then he sets up, he gives two tickets to Alice Cooper to Wayne and Garth, and then he's like, "Oh no, me and Cassandra are gonna go shoot." Yeah. The video, and then on the car, yeah, sorry, then on the bottom of the car, Garth sort of mentions to him, "Hey, you gotta be stressing out about Benjamin being away with your missus with mm-hmm. that crazy apartment he's got, and chicks will dig him, and he digs Cassandra, so." And then, yeah, he has dated because he went up. What happened? He went and spoke to Cassandra. Yeah. I think their, I think their romance was sweet until that point, though. It was beautiful. It was pure. Yeah. Camera one, camera two thing. Oh. That was so nice. Yeah, it was great. It's so nice. The close-up of Cassandra. Yeah. Yeah. Camera one, camera two, camera one, Just camera two. girl next door. Yeah. Felt like a real relationship, which again was why when it, it all was went very nice. Yeah, which was again I was, was like, lovely. "Don't worry, man. Like she loves you." Yeah, you he a just great went. Relationship. In, he just went in there and said, <clears throat> "You're you're shagging this other guy." Yeah. So yeah. she's there shooting this thing with a with a sedated snake, mm-hmm. and so when he goes there to confront her, and he does his great Oscar speech, <laughs> I realized one thing though. He basically does the, that's not your mother, it's a man, baby. He does that same joke. Then why is there no film in this camera? Like it's basically the same joke. And he did a few of those. I like the the callback. Oh, we missed the Chris Farley cameo. That was great as a bouncer, the way he was walking. Oh, my goodness. And when he explains, it's going to be right here. It's all so visual. (laughs) So visual. It doesn't really translate. But right now, (laughs) he's got, what, half a dozen lines? And just and nails it. Oh. The rolled up sleeves. Oh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> and so then they have that plan to intercept the record label guy. Yeah. Genius. So Cassandra sings the ballroom blitz about 80,000 times. Yeah, another cover. Yeah. <laughs> then it's almost too easy. Oh, we've got the T1000 cameo. Yep. Have you seen this boy? So he didn't, apparently, Rob, uh, Mike Myers didn't want to do that. Whose idea was that? Um, old boss lady. Really? Director. What's her name? Penelope Spheris. Penelope Cross. Penelope Cross. <laughs> did, did you used to do that back in the yeah. day? Yeah. Penelope Cross. 
So she does the performance in their basement. They met, Garth's plan works out and they broadcast to the limo. Yes, and the limo and diverts yeah. to the house. To the house. And it's very is... subversive. We get three endings. Wow. The first one. First one's a negative one. Yeah. Yeah, Rob Lowe gets the girl and they're lying on a beach somewhere. You go, well, you didn't really think. He's so shiny. So shiny. <laughs> they're both so shiny. They're so shiny. And then, yeah, then they have the, what's the next ending? Um, it's a medium? Scooby-Doo ending. Oh, that was good. It's your time to shine, Tristan. Why? <laughs> There's a truck going Why past. is there a big truck going down my narrow dead-end street? Scooby-Doo ending. It would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids. And Rob Lowe was some old guy that owned the video arcade or something. That was great. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was funny. I guess the third ending is the actual ending. Yeah. And it's kind of a free pass to have a cheesy ending, isn't it? It's pretty, it's pretty mm, smart. Clever. Yeah. And then that's the end of the movie. That's basically it. There was a bit of a post-credit thing here and there. What was the post-credit thing? I didn't see that. Yeah, I forget. <laughs> Was it Wayne's World 2? Did you just watch Wayne's World 2? <laughs> no, it was, I can't remember what it was. It was non-eventful. I'm trying to think if there's any other tidbits. Well, what about yeah, the... I, I thought the Alice Cooper cameo was fun. That was great. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Which means lands of new beginning. What does it mean? I can't remember, but it's, that's good. And they're all like these intellects sitting around chilling. That's so you good. guys know how to... Do you guys just go know how to party or what? Well, that's a good segue to how is this aged because this holds up like a motherfucker. It's funny, man. Mm. And it's not like, oh, it's funny for the time. It's just straight up funny. It's good. Soundtrack, please. Yeah, I didn't get the sound. Again, I didn't get the soundtrack when I was younger. But I honestly think, we said this before, I honestly think for me it was true. And so if it's true for me, it must be true for at least a million other people, right? Because we're we're not all that different. Mm. Uh, that was my introduction to Queen. And we're mm. in the year now where Bohemian Rhapsody just won... Did it win? Didn't win Best Picture, did it? It won Best Actor and a few other things. That movie was huge. Not a very good movie, but the music's so good and Rami was pretty good. But that, for a lot of people, that started with this movie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's massive. That's massive. That's um, significant. Mike Myers has a cameo. Yes. I'm not entirely sure that's the album you promised us. It's expensive. And as for... Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody. What is that? It's an epic poem. It goes on forever, six bloody minutes. I pity your wife if you think six minutes is forever. <laughs> There's a few other things like I didn't realize it seems like if not originated in this movie, they were popularized by this movie. So like not that was from this. Mm-hmm. Game on. Game on. Car. Game off. That's what she said. Uh, talk to camera as in like as in they speak to the camera yeah yeah yeah. what's it called yeah but it's inconsistent isn't it because in the beginning he's speaking to the camera Garth speaks to it throughout oh that's right yeah it's just in and out that's but it doesn't matter it just works yeah I mean from a broader cultural point of view like no it doesn't pass the Bechdel test and there's a few little holes in there that you can poke in it but again considering it's based off a five minute sketch like, this should not hold up as well as it does. Yeah. It's awesome. It's a great movie. Yeah. The director, like I said, she didn't have a great time, but she looks back on this movie with fondness. She says what she thinks is what keeps it alive is that when you watch Wayne's World, it reminds you of how we can all just be really happy. I think that's what's given it a lasting nature. That's kind of what we are saying before. It's just a happy, pleasant movie. Mm. That 20s vibe of like anything's possible. Like Wayne ending up with Cassandra? <laughs> yeah. Basically. Oh, you know she became a millionaire overnight. Who? The director. So she, this is her what first big Cassandra? movie. <laughs> Cassandra. She, um, because they didn't think it was going to be big, she got a percentage of box office. Did she? She probably got a shit salary. And so she became a millionaire off the back of that. Because it yeah. made like, how, how much did I say? Like 200 mil or whatever. So that's massive. Yeah, massive. Good for her. But so culturally relevant that the, it had its 25 year anniversary a couple of years ago. And they went back to cinemas. Like, this thing is around. This thing, I think, is the epitome of something that holds up. Mm. What do you think, Gregory? Yeah, um, much the same. It definitely holds up. I would hope that it didn't get remade, but... Nah, yeah, you don't... This is, in terms of rewatch, reboot, or bin, I think this is the epitome of a rewatch. You don't touch it's this. This is like... rewatch, yeah. 
This is straight up rewatch. You don't have to watch through an ironic lens or some weird cultural caveat of like, well, you just got to remember it this time. Like, this is just works. Mm, I wonder what uh, a younger person would think watching it now, like a 20 something. Yeah, it's a good point. Who's your MVP? Um, from the lead cast is Garth. I, mm. I loved all his nuances this time around. I was just laughing, lolling. I just think like the fast forwardy bits when he's like, like doing all the. Yeah, I, I just. <laughs> we don't. We fear change. <laughs> like, it's just. He's There's just, so much in it. This is the thing with this movie. With we could either. It's such a weird balance in this movie between saying nothing and just literally going through every single line I'm, of the yeah, movie. Yeah, it's very hard. I know we've we've recited a lot of lines tonight, but I was. This is us trying not to. Yeah. Because there's. Sure. Just watch it. Let's watch it. It's a good movie. My MVP is Mike Myers. Yeah, right. Just because it's it flawless to me. And it's like, there's so many little character calls. Yeah, like the the hair behind the ear thing and Shah, Sandra. <laughs> like yeah, just, it's, it's, oh, it's so good. It's fair, fair. So good, so good. What about favorite? And we'll go for an MVP on the cameos as well. I reckon there's a subcategory yeah. warranted here. Chris Farley. Chris Farley. Yeah. Has to be for me. Just that strut. <laughs> he's in it for he's in it for thirty seconds and he just steals it. Genius. Uh, I'm gonna go Stacy. I, I could have oh, I could have yeah. said many, but I just uh, thought yeah, she's. That's. I'm glad that we said different ones because we get to cover both yeah. of them. Great. Wayne Campbell. If you keep this up, you're gonna lose me. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Yeah. All right. So I guess that's the end of the episode. Do you think it holds up? Did we miss anything? Are there any interesting backstories to this picture or personal context you want to share? Let us know. Feel free to slide into our DMs on Insta. Dot com. <laughs> dot au slash cloud. <laughs> no, uh, Double Impact Podcast on Insta. Uh, Double Impact Podcast at gmail.com. Drop us a line and uh, we'll be happy to read out your thoughts on the next episode. So let us know. Um, well, next week... We have our 007th episode, and we will be covering which film, Gregory? Uh, Goldeneye. Goldeneye. <laughs> Goldeneye in our magical year of 95. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see, uh, see you then, hear you then. You'll hear us then. We won't hear you. <laughs> hang up. All right. <laughs> you hang up. Go to work. 